Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. What is the Bible? Who wrote the Bible? The church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, is where our trouble began. This sounds to me like the voice of someone who really has an appalling ignorance of what the Bible says about itself and what Jesus said about it. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's talk about liberalism, shall we? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Let's talk liberalism, shall we? This is Wretched Radio. Worldviews, ideologies, they work tirelessly to persuade people, pick me, pick me, follow me. And these are world system ideologies concocted in a little place called hell because Satan is behind every false system, every licentious morality system, and every single ideology that sets itself opposed against God. And we need to tear down these strongholds. We need to be able to look at these worldviews and identify, hey, there's problems there. First of all, it's not biblical. Second of all, it is not what is best for people. And that is one of the biggest lies of liberalism. And it feeds so into the heart and mind of our current contemporary culture, which is all about the autonomous self. The lie that says you're the center of the universe. And when you see yourself as the most important thing on the planet and maybe in the entire cosmos, then you'll be happy. Lie, lie, lie. Liberalism, in other words, an unbiblical view of the world, it brings misery. And I have proof of that thesis statement right in my never before nicotine stained fingers. Story number one. Why is the toy market targeting adults? That's the question being asked at the imaginativeconservative.org. Did you know that there's a word that describes somebody who should be an adult, but they still want to act like a kid? Kid alt. That's now a word. No. I've got it in an article, Jimmy. It must be true. It's, It's called a kid alt. And toy companies are now marketing toward these kiddos. These are people who, unlike the Apostle Paul, haven't put childish things behind them. They want childish things. This is an effect of a liberal worldview that says work isn't important. You, you can rely on government. You don't have to go the extra mile a phrase coined by Jesus Christ. But liberalism says just chill, don't work hard, quiet quit, and don't do the adulting thing. I mean, after all, it's so... Stop. Your parents are adults. And the liberal world is now encouraging kidultism. From this article, toy companies are expanding special lines of products that appeal to kidults. Let Legos, and it's plural here, Jimmy. <laughs> plural Legos. Oh, then the article. Ah, Jim Osman, <laughs> take that. Legos now has more than 100 kits 
explicitly designed for grown-ups. Stuffed animals, dolls, and action figures are all the rage among those 18 and up. What is going on? This article seeks to try to answer that question, but I would suggest to you what is going on is we're seeing the fruit of liberalism, that you man up, that you woman up, and you do bigger things. You put toys behind and you get to work doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing here. We're really giving, given a twofold mandate right away at the creation story. You need to make babies, image bearers of God, and subdue this place. In other words, work. No quiet quitting. And these days, you have got liberalism that permits not just striving for adulthood, but putting it off and even reverting back to it. Here's from the article talking about kidults. Many claim the new trend is an effort or an effect rather of the pandemic. The stress and insecurity of withdrawal from society caused many Americans to want to reconnect with their past. Okay. So people are feeling scared because of the pandemic, the lockdowns, the jabs, all of it. Where should be they be getting their comfort? Answer, God. Where are they finding it? Toys. Toys. They find it in alcohol. They find it in drugs. They're finding it in toys, <sighs> including leg-o-z. They longed for the distant past of a childhood when things are often simpler. So this whole adulting, it's so hard. Give me a stuffed animal. But unlike past adult toy sales based on nostalgia, the new toy buyers are actually playing with them. Can we get some YouTube video on that where you can see a, a kid alt playing with his his. But what besides a teddy bear, what is there? By the way, I saw the biggest teddy bear at the Christmas, whatever that thing was at the convention center in Chattanooga. I think it was like eight feet tall, massive teddy bear. Imagine somebody just sitting in that, wrapping the arms of the teddy bear around, just to feel nostalgic like I was when I was a child, when things were simpler. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You don't want to lay in the floor and play with G.I. Joe's? Not anymore. <laughs> it was cool in second grade, but at some point, actually, you know, we couldn't afford, we were so poor, Jimmy, we couldn't afford G.I. Joe's. How poor were you? We had Action Jacksons. Okay. <laughs> they were smaller and they were cheaper. So that's what we got. But we gave them up. I don't still have them. In fact, I don't have them in a box in the garage so that I can go, oh, when I used to be able to put a handkerchief parachute on my Action Jackson and throw them over the side of a cliff, which we did, actually. The point is, I was a kid, and those things are done. Not for liberal worldview adherence. The surge in sales is also connected to a feeling of entitlement. Adults gift themselves toys to make up for what they never had as children. <laughs> what is one of the themes of the New Testament? Press on, grow up, mature, be dignified. Don't play with toys. Don't long for the, that's, no, no, no. Press forward with hope and with an understanding that there's actually purpose in your activities. Toys for those over 18 now account for 14% of the U.S. toy market. 
A Wall Street Journal article reports that Kittles rang up $5.3 billion in sales. You, you want to know what your 25-year-old next-door neighbor might be doing when you don't see him for weeks at a time? He's in the basement, apparently, putting together a Legos set. He's got, him, got himself some Tinker Toys. Got myself a Rubik's Cube. Okay, Rubik's Cubes aren't bad. The point is, he's probably playing with some toys because they're buying $5.3 billion of them, nudging out even toddlers in sales value. Only customers 12 to 17 bought more toys. <sighs> the appearance of the kidult is troubling from several non-economic perspectives. It speaks of the state of a decadent culture that embraces childish, childish and immature things. Bingo, this article, by the way, the imaginative conservative. It says anytime you see a trend, anytime you see something that's remarkable, ask yourself the question, why? And we need to figure that out biblically. This author is saying, well, it just points out that we're a childish society. We just all want to just have the Colosseum going 24-7. We don't want to have to work hard. We just want to have games, toys, childish activity, simple, nostalgic, returning to when I didn't actually have to, you know, act my age. Back to the article, the goal of childhood should always be maturity and dignity. That is not what a liberal worldview says. No, man, be yourself. Be a kid. Kidults reverse this process by mature, of maturity by thrusting themselves back into a world that is no longer theirs. In other words, it's postmodern. I'm an adult, but I identify as a kid. I identify as a 12-year-old. And so I can act like that because that's my identity. And so this author is speculating, this is postmodernism. 1 Corinthians 13, we put away the things of a child. Now I know the context, but I think the application also involves toys. It also, and I can prove it. I think, let's just say you walked into your boss's office and he's playing with a Jimmy. Uh, he's, he's playing. What's a kid's toy? I don't even remember. Besides the G.I. Joe and the Action Jackson. The, uh, the um, oh, the cars, the little cars. Oh, Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> hey, can you set the arm on the finish line? I'm going to put him on my Hot Wheels racetrack and see which one of these cars is faster. You'd go, uh... Boss, with all due respect, I think you need to read 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> Don't let a liberal worldview infect your home. Race to maturity. Race to adulthood. That is what we are called to do and be. Not liberal kidults. This is Wretched Radio. This shopping rule has been officially broken. You know the rule. You're in the store. You're choosing between two items. One is more expensive. It's the nicer one, you think. And it's better than the less expensive item. You can't have both. It can't be inexpensive and good. That rule has just been broken. MediShare. Double the satisfaction rate. 
of people who have traditional health insurance. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing, and it saves the average family $500 per month. And yet the people, the 400,000 people that are in the MediShare program are more satisfied with MediShare than other folks with traditional health insurance. The rule has been broken. Learn how much you could save and be happy with MediShare at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Every day that passes, we are closer and closer to the end of 2022, which honestly has been the biggest year ever here at Ratchet. We've seen season one of Transformed released, produced 10 episodes of Breaking Bread, released season three of Road Trip to Truth, plus we have shipped and given away to you to distribute one million copies of Solving the God Puzzle. 2022 has definitely been a record year, and we have no plans of reining it in in 2023. Your generosity has helped us spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in spaces we could have never imagined possible. So as the year comes to a close, would you consider becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner if you're not already? It's actually an amazing time for you to become a Gospel Partner. Thanks to the generosity of some other Gospel Partners, you can double the impact of your gift because every single dollar donated till year's end will be matched. Get all of the details right now at Wretched.org donate. That's Wretched.org slash donate. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles and the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines, but they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Important dates in Christian history. 1545. The Council of Trent opens. Called by the Roman Catholic Church in response to the Reformation, it addressed abuses in the Catholic Church and further entrenched dogmas concerning the authority of the Pope, the need for works in salvation, and the saving nature of the Mass. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And speaking of liberalism, Christianity today. Ah, sorry, a little, little something stuck right there. This is Wretched Radio, Christianity Today, founded in 1956 by one Billy Graham and a bunch of his cadres, determining we need a magazine that reflects evangelical theology, values, principles, and morality. And so they created Christianity Today to show how relevant we are. Well, today, that originally intended evangelical magazine Increasingly so liberal. Case in point, three principles for settling political spats in the church. See, I even the title, I'm sorry, we're, we're not currently having spats. These issues are not so 
how many aircraft carriers do you think we should have? Well, the Republican thinks we should have seven. The Democrat thinks four. We can get along over issues like that, but that's not what the Democratic Party is. It endorses a twist on marriage, corrupting the entire institution, devaluing it from top to bottom. It promotes the intentional taking of innocent human life. Aren't aren't these issues bigger than spats? Can you imagine back in, I don't know, let's just say the early 40s, you lived in a place called, I don't know, let's say Germany, and you went to church with somebody who said, I'm a part of the party. That's okay. And actually, actually performs the Holocaust activities at the concentration camps. Would you call that a spat? That's what abortion is. It's no different. In fact, you can even say statistically, it's worse. These are not spats that we are having. Pastor, you'll have to figure out the phraseology on this, but it seems to me that we are at a point where we need to perhaps draw some lines. Now, we might be able to erase those lines in the future as the Republican Party continues to slip to the left. After all, 12 senators just voted for the ridiculous Respect for Marriage Act. But it still isn't codified in their found or their documents, their statement of belief. They're still for traditional marriage, at least there. It is slipping. But in the meantime, we're looking at more than spats here. We are looking at massive cultural sin issues. This from Christianity Today. Here's how you get over your little spats, your little, your little tiffs in the church over politics. Both of our major political parties reflect some Christian principles, but also mix those with heretical distortions of biblical truth. They're setting the table to tell you, hey, no party's perfect. In fact, each one of the parties, they have some sort of biblical emphasis in their statements and in their positions. Um, struggling to think of one. Now, some people would say it's justice. It's definitely justice. It is social justice. That's biblical. I say that's not biblical. Not the social justice definition we have today. Just because you see the word justice in the Bible doesn't mean that social justice is something that God endorses. So I'm struggling to think of anything. Okay, they would say, now in fair, okay, wait, I've got one. In fairness, they would say taking care of the poor. And I would say, I get that you get that sentiment from the Bible, but we also see how we're supposed to take care of the poor, and whose responsibility it is to take care of the poor. It's the church's job. And if you can work and make a living, you work and make a living. And this is this is not a program that is mandated. It is one that is volunteered. You want to give money to those people. The, the, the way that the liberals go about saying that the Bible promotes taking care of the poor is unbiblical. But that's not what Christianity Today thinks. If both the Democratic and Republican parties have been shaped by Christian principles, they've been distorted by Christian truths also, which means believers who become avid partisans are in danger of confusing, confusing heresy with Christian doctrine. Why do I get the feeling that they're talking about you, conservative doesn't seem like they're aiming at liberals. Hey, quit being so strident. Now, this seems to be aimed at conservatives because Christianity today ain't conservative. 
The Democratic Party's strong endorsement of pluralism and equality, for example, has led the party to adopt strong affirmations of abortion rights, same-sex marriage, and other LGB, etc. rights, here it comes, that cannot be squared with historic Christian orthodoxy. <laughs> well, that's a pretty tepid way of saying they are endorsing wickedness. The article continues, The realization that each major party affirms both Christian principles and heretical beliefs should give Christians the freedom to embrace other Christians who support an opposing political party. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't, I don't think that we can brush aside these differences any more than Christians should have brushed them aside during World War II. We are talking about big, wicked ideas here. And this, this let's just play nice, this capitulation on conservative principles. Well, you know, we can just get along. Really, we can just get along when somebody knows willingly that there is a party that is killing babies as we speak to the tune of thousands per day. That's more than a spat. That's more than just a difference of opinion. And that's that's more than saying, well, but but that party does have some Christian principles, so let's not judge. Well, methinks it's time to judge. And I will state this again. There might come a day, and it might not be too long from now, when we don't have to make the distinction between Democratic and Republic parties because their morality is equally bad. But in the meantime, there's one party whose morality is anti-biblical. Here's the second way to avoid a spat according to Christianity Today. Christians' political disagreements are often about strategy rather than moral principles. Well, no, uh, that's a slippery one. Do you remember, I think it was the 2020 election, I think. No, it was a 2016 election. It was an election not that long ago when, when Christians started saying, well, Democrats actually bring down the abortion level more than the Republicans do, which might be the case, but the, the, the truth is in the details. It is because of pro-life legislation that has been passing. It is because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Thousands of babies' lives are being saved. So just because it happens to be a Democratic president under whom that activity takes place doesn't mean that we can endorse the Democratic Party and their principles when they intentionally desire to fund the taking of innocent human life. And that's exactly the card that Christianity Today is trying to play. Hey, it's just a strategy difference. Well, even if it is just a strategy difference, one party says abortion is the intentional taking of an innocent human life. The other party says it's women's reproductive health care. Sorry. I don't see how a Christian can go along with that from the article. Christians may agree that abortion is wrong, but disagree about which policies are most likely to save unborn lives. Okay, it's always helpful to swap one sin with another. So, Jimmy, pick your favorite sin. I didn't mean for it to come out that way. Think of, <laughs> think of a sin. Think of a sin. A bad one. A bad one. Yeah. Murder. Murder. We're, we're both opposed to murder. But I think giving away guns and bullets and making sure that people don't have any gun lessons is is the way to go about getting rid of murder. You'd go, well, no, that's not the way to go about doing it. 
And it doesn't feel like you're that opposed to murder. Use slavery. Here's here's what Christianity Today said. Christians may agree that slavery is wrong, but disagree about which policies are most likely to end slavery. So there's one party that says, thumbs up to slavery. But they do some stuff that maybe brings the number down. You'd say, no, we want it abolished. We want it gone. We stand opposed to it. The Democratic Party doesn't stand in opposition to the intentional taking of an innocent human life, of redefining marriage. Christianity Today, some believe that saving unborn means electing politicians who will make abortion illegal. Others believe saving the unborn means voting for politicians who will create expanded maternal health care policies and better family leave policies. That's how you bring down the slavery rate, too. Just have better. What did they say here? Uh, we need just need better maternal health care policies and better family. We're, we're for slavery, but we want to bring it down. You know, it, it's a difficult decision for people to make. And we should we should just allow people to do whatever they want to do on their land. You'd go, what do you No, Chattel slavery is wicked. Stop it. The end. We want legislation opposed to it. And then here, here's my favorite. Here's a little disclaimer at the end of Christianity Today. Christianity Today's guest opinion column, unlike an editorial, does not necessarily represent the opinion of the publication. Oh, really? <laughs> if it were evangelical, it wouldn't write and promote an article that minimizes wickedness. And that is exactly what the D party does these days. With all due respect, um, I don't know that these spats are resolvable by simply overlooking them. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, today is Election Day again in the state of Georgia. And if you live here and needed another reason not to vote for Raphael Warnock. I get a lot of pushback from people who seem to think that they own the interpretation of the gospel. And as a pastor, I have a profound reverence for life. And as a pastor and a person of faith, I have a deep respect for choice. I think it's exactly what Jesus Uh, So the make-believe pastor, Raphael Warnock, says abortion is exactly what Jesus would do. No, sir, it is exactly what Jesus would not do. Whether Warnock wins today or not and continues to be a U.S. senator ultimately is inconsequential to me. What's more important is that man is not qualified, nor does he deserve to stand in a pulpit and represent God. The Parliament of Indonesia earlier this week revised the country's penal code to criminalize sex outside of marriage and also prohibit the promotion of contraceptives and a revised abortion law. The new code is expected to pass even if the president doesn't sign it. As we talk about a little bit later, 249 churches in North Carolina have voted to leave the United Methodist Church denomination. Well, now 400 other congregations in the state of Texas have done the same. The reason being the denomination's ongoing battle over LGBT issues. The departing congregations constitute nearly half of all UMC congregations in the state of Texas. And that's in addition to the hundreds of other churches in other states that have already made the decision. The UMC says they will not meet on this issue until 2024. 
I'm not sure how many congregations will actually be left in the denomination by then. A regulatory body in the UK has launched a formal inquiry into a charity for trans-identified youth after reports have emerged that the organization supplied chest-binding devices to teenagers and that a trustee spoke in an event focused on support for pedophiles. Now, logically, if it's a charity for trans-identified youth, then supplying the chest-binding devices can't surprise you very much. But a trustee of that organization speaking at an event focused on supporting pedophiles? Yeah, that's a big problem, and this organization probably should be disbanded. A Catholic bishop in Texas has condemned Hillary Clinton following comments she made regarding abortion rights. I played those comments for you yesterday where she compared soldiers raping women at wartime with the murder of unborn babies and abortion. Well, Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas tweeted in response, Please don't listen to this evil woman. Her lies and immorality need to be silenced for the good of humanity. And while I'm not Catholic, I will certainly amen that. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Zechariah was a prophet who preached God's judgment, repentance, and the promise of salvation to the Jews returning from exile. He relays a series of apocalyptic visions focusing on the coming of Christ, the final salvation of God's people, and the final judgment upon sinners. Remember that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of prophecy. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. So, you're not digging work, are ya? This is Wretched Radio, a new Gallup survey, specifically the State of the Global Workplace 2022, found that only 21% of employees like work. 21%. If we were a Christian nation, that should be every Christian likes work because we have a different understanding of labor. We understand why it's so frustrating all the time. And we understand how we can get out of bed in the morning and have a little giddy up in our get up, our get up in our giddy. We have a little hip hop in our step. We have a little spring in our knees. We have a little click of our heels. Freel, get on with the survey, would you? The state of global workplace, 21% of people, and they dig work. 33% consider their well-being to be thriving. So here's what that means. Eight out of 10 people aren't enthusiastic about work, don't like to work, and don't think their work matters. Oofta. It means two-thirds of people are drowning in the frustrations of life's toils. Once again, I think we have another opportunity to open the door to an evangelistic encounter. You say, what? What does this have to do with evangelism? I say, you can be sitting next to somebody on the bus or on the bus bench and say, hey, what do you do for a living? I work at the Peeps factory. You're the one? Yeah, I'm the one. You work at the Peeps factory. Is it fulfilling? No. Do you know why it's not fulfilling? Well, I'm just making Peeps. It's not what the Bible says. Let me take you back to the garden, explain why work can be kind of mundane, boring, and oh so frustrating and unfulfilling. It is because of the fall. Our, our federal heads, known as Adam and Eve, 
They took a bite of the honey crisp and they threw the whole world into sin. And the Bible describes work in particular as being something that is affected by the curse. That there are thorns and thistles. Nothing usually gets done where it's like, well, that was just smooth sailing from top to bottom. There's a reason for that, and it is because of the fall. Furthermore, if you're not feeling fulfilled, the Bible has a word for you. The Bible says that it is good for us to work. In fact, we are mandated to work, and it doesn't matter what the task is. Whatever we put our hands to, we do it excellently because we are workers the same way God is a worker, and we do everything unto him, and so all of our work has purpose. Are you a Christian? And you're there. We can use these longings that people have in society not to turn the Christianity into a a longing satisfier, so that you don't feel so sad or lonely anymore, but we can certainly talk to them about their sadness and their loneliness or their lack of purpose and fulfillment to start a conversation about the gospel. Back to an article from tms.edu titled, Know Who You Work For and Work Like You Know It. Shouldn't it be know for whom you work and work like you know it? Or do you? Can you end a sentence with a preposition? No, can you end a comma with a preposition? Jimmy, we've got some research to do before tomorrow's program. I'm just telling you that much right now. Trying to encourage us to work better, to work harder, and to feel better when we're done doing our jobs. The antidote to these frustrations isn't simply to work harder or try more or give up, as is the current trend. Instead, they did a little study in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 22 through 24, Rexella. We need to change how we think of work and that we are working unto the Lord Jesus Christ in submission to him. That means if you do work at the peep factory, you are doing something that is important, first of all, I don't know who the people are who like peeps. Apparently, there are still people because the place is still in business. But you are serving God's children by providing for them a sugary marshmallow substance that they like. But even more than that, you make peeps for your maker. You're not just standing in an assembly line working for the man, working for a wage, which, by the way, just read a really interesting article from a website how socialism and communism, they say that a wage is something that makes makes humans not as valuable as they are, that turns us into a commodity. That's not how I think about a paycheck. I don't know about you. I think of it as a reward for your work. You earn something and you should get paid for it. Socialism says, no, that's demeaning. So everybody just gets the same amount you, you don't get varying wages. Everybody gets the same, and it's guaranteed because we'll pay for it for you. But I digress. Work is more than just getting a paycheck. Work is about doing things for God, even when the world says, really, that's what you do for a living? To Colossians chapter 3, you honor Christ as you honor your master, we are commanded. So we serve him well, God well, by serving our earthly authorities diligently. You honor Christ as you honor your master. We see this connection made consistently in the New Testament. Children, obey your parents as unto the Lord. 
In other words, when you obey your parents, even when they aren't acting very godly, now they're not commanding you to sin, but they're just, mm, you got crabby parents. Obey them because in obeying them, you're obeying the Lord. That'll give you the ability to do it because you're not doing it for them per se. You are ultimately doing it for God. You serve him well by serving your earthly authorities diligently. It says, bond servants, obey everything those who are your earthly masters. All of them. Now, when they command you to sin, but they tell you to do something at work and you think, that's so stupid. Maybe it is. I don't know why you were smiling just then. I caught that <laughs> smirk. What was no, that all about? Nothing. You don't ask me to do anything stupid at all. <laughs> You're like a gun. What? That comment was so loaded. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Okay, so what have I said to you that is that is something that's ridiculous I to do? I, I can't think of any. Besides that, even if it is, it's it's important. It's important to the organization, but it's important in God's sovereign reign over the unit. He wants you there doing that job, and he wants you to do it well. As is always the case, there is something more going on. For when you're a when you're an employee of a boss who gives you just dopey stuff to do to fill the time, I had one of those. He happened to be my stepfather. Sorry, I just needed to take a little pause to get my emotions under control. Literally would say, see those razor blades? The, the, the business sold razor blades. And razor blades are actually quite heavy. It, it's, it's like you're carrying a gold brick, basically. And they came in big boxes. And they were, I don't know how many pounds they were, but I was a punk and it was heavy for me. Move them over there. What? And blah, 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 blah. I'd move him over there. And you know exactly what he did next. You know what? I think you should put him back over there. Just to... And I bristled underneath that. We shouldn't bristle. You got it, boss. Tell me exactly where... You, when do you want these done? You want them stacked any particular way? I'm on it. You want them back? Good call, sir. And you behave as you are doing it unto the Lord, because people are watching you. Your boss is watching you. There is eternity at stake. You are a witness. You're supposed to be salt and light, and you are supposed to be a priest, a royal priesthood that the world sees moving the razor blades from one corner to the next and then back again, happily, dutifully, joyfully, excellently, speaks a word. Now, you might be saying, you just don't know my boss. You're right. I don't. But I do know your boss, God. I don't know your earthly boss, but I know your heavenly boss. And he wants you to do it well because it's important because he has you there in that assignment. What Paul is saying is this. Were you asked to run the spreadsheet again? Do it. Were you tasked with finding a solution to someone else's mistake? Do it. Were you asked to make another presentation that might be ignored because Wordle is a lot more fun? Do it. In everything, we do our tasks unto the Lord. And then he says, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. There it is. 
So we look to obey and do the job when somebody is watching and even when they're not because the Lord is watching. The world does not have this perspective. They're absolutely miserable. Should you approach somebody who is unhappy at their place of employment and say, you know, if you became a Christian, your job wouldn't be such a drag. Could I have one of those peeps? No, but we can use these things to springboard into a law gospel presentation and share that one of the benefits of being a believer is work has meaning. Work has purpose. We are not just making peeps. We are working unto God himself, and we can share that fruit while we make sure the centrality of our gospel presentation is judicial. It's about the law. It's about the gospel. It's about forgiveness of sins. But one of the benefits is when you get born again, suddenly work takes on a whole new meaning. This is Wretched Radio. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs org slash wretched. Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. So, have you been by the store lately? You know, the Wretched Store and Wretched.org. Because if not, you're going to want to mosey on over there as soon as you can. Because you're going to find not only a ton of great resources, but you're also right now going to find all Wretched products have been marked down 50%. And that's not all. No, if you spend $50 or more, we're going to give you a copy of Transformed Season 1 while supplies last, plus free shipping. It's a little something we like to call the Wretched 50-50 sale. And you've got an opportunity to take advantage of it right now through the end of the year. All you have to do is head on over to Wretched.org. That's Wretched.org. And see for yourself just how much money you can save through the end of the year. That's Wretched.org. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how strong it is. Tell me. That doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? 
$28. For an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is giving. All Christians are commanded to give, but God has given some an extra measure of generosity so that they can give generously, knowing that God will provide for them as they work to provide for the needs of the church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Church News! It's all the rage, don't you know? This is Wretched Radio. Have you heard the latest tune from the Lecrae Fellow? I deconstructed long before people knew what to call it. I know that's scary to some folks, so hold on, let me pause it. Take you back to how it started. Maybe you relate. He is now going to explain why he is following the trend of deconstructionism. What exactly is it? Well, I think it's just a way to fancy up uh, becoming a liberal Protestant. (laughs) Becoming more interested in the social gospel than in the gospel that saves. Maybe you ain't never met me, but you know my pain. Focused on Jesus in Atlanta, fresh from Tennessee. Wasn't legalistic, catch me with a cup of Hennessy. I was speaking churches, hang with... Okay, whoa, whoa. Did he just say that he was conservative, but he wasn't legalistic? He comes from Tennessee, and he held a glass of Hennessy? That's liquor, right? But you know my pain. Focused on Jesus in Atlanta, fresh from Tennessee. Wasn't legalistic, catch me with a cup of Hennessy. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he wasn't legalistic. No, Presbyterian. Look, if the shoe fits, just own it. I was speaking churches, hang with leaders and such. You know, Judah Piper and Keller, Tony Evans was clutch. Hey, he's naming names. I was so involved, never thought that I could fall, y'all. Right before the fall of 2015, I was all off. It involved killing Michael Brown, had me feeling down. Tweet about it, Christians call me clown. I was losing ground. Whoa, so that is what propelled Lecrae to say goodbye to a more conservative version of Christianity to deconstruct it, which basically says, uh, I'm going to take what I currently believe, what I thought was right, I'm going to just break it all down, ask some important questions, and then build it back up in my image. That's basically what deconstructionism is, or you just abandon the faith altogether. That is precisely what Lecrae has done. It's a bummer. He was creating some good stuff. He was a good preacher. Now, He's naming names of former buddies. And Bodie was a hero of mine. Met with him plenty times. This time when he spoke, it cut me deeper than I realized. Hmm. Naming names. Hmm. Apparently, liberal people are still willing to do that. Lecrae deconstructing his faith, encouraging others to come along. It is a very trendy phenomenon these days. Typically, people, they just use it to say, you know, I asked some hard questions. I didn't find the answer, so I jettisoned the faith. 
in this instance, it's Lecrae breaking down his faith and then building it up to fashion it in a way that, well, apparently deals with social justice. More church news. This is an interesting trend. There were a lot of high-profile evangelicals that backed Donald Trump in the last election that are putting a little distance between themselves and Donald Trump. For instance, you've got yourself, James Robeson. In 2016, he said Donald Trump was a supernatural answer to prayer for the people who were concerned about a government masquerading as God and that it needed to be brought under control. He was their prayer being answered. Most people just never dreamed it would be somebody that was totally disconnected from politics. So it was a healthy endorsement stating that Donald Trump was a supernatural answer to prayer. Today, he says the former president has a tendency to act like an elementary school child. If Mr. Trump can't stop his little petty issues, how does he expect people to stop major issues? He's not the only one. Robert Jeffress, who was very much a proponent and defender of Donald Trump on Fox News from the pulpit, He's in Texas. He's certainly an Orthodox fellow, but he was definitely a Donald Trump cheerleader. Now he's saying, this is from from CDN. It's what it's, CDN dot something. Robert Jeffress, one of Trump's evangelical advisors during the 2016 campaign and longtime supporter, said he's not ready to endorse him again. Quote, the Republican Party is headed toward a civil war that I have no desire or need to be a part of. Hmm. He said he would happily support Trump if he wins the nomination, but it seems he's leaving the door open to not endorse him in the primaries. So what's happening out there? Well, I actually think part of this is actually right. During the primaries, we should take a look at the individual who shares our values the most and who has a character that is in alignment with leadership principles spelled out in the Bible. And when we have the opportunity to exercise that option during the primaries, then you should. Now, when it comes down to that's your only choice, then that's a different decision. The, the American process regarding voting, it happens in time. So maybe if nothing else, maybe during the primaries, we don't have to get agitated at one another because he's for Trump, he's for DeSantis, he's for Carrie Lake. It's okay. You just vote principles based on the Bible for the one that exhibits the best character but when it comes down to you got to take this bad one or this horrible one, methinks you vote for the lesser of two evils. More church news for your consideration. 249 North Carolina churches leave the UMC. You know what it's about. Of course, the issue that is dividing denominations, it's the gay marriage issue. Nearly one-third of the congregations. Now, this is North Carolina alone. I say salute to these 249 churches. Nearly one-third of the congregations belong to the regional body of the UMC. They've left amid an ongoing debate over homosexuality. Where will they land? Done now. Now, it might become part of a different thing. But I say salute. If you see your denomination slip sliding away so far, 
on issues like this, you're going to have to find another home. Now, here's some good denominational news. Not going to mention the subject of this particular article because I can't think of a valid reason to drop this person's name, but I think we got to look at the positive stuff that's happening in the Southern Baptist Convention. And Bart Barber, in my no, I don't study the SBC. I'm not. I'm not like all over everything that he writes or says in every meeting that takes place. I'm not SBC. But when you see something good happening, and I've seen surprising good coming from the pen of Bart Barber, there was an individual who was a high-profile preacher in the SBC who was accused of behaving inappropriately as a minister of God. And so he was removed from his church position. He was removed from any positions that he held in the SBC. And he left the church because the SBC said, we just, we don't tolerate that. Well, that fellow went out and found four SBC friends who put him through one of the supposed restoration processes that I don't happen to find in the Bible any place that said, yep, now you're fit for you're fit for ministry again. You're back. You're ready to go. And Bart Barber said, not so fast. He literally said, I would defrock that guy if I could, because the SBC faith, the, their faith statement, the uh, faith and message is what they call it. Southern Baptist Convention says any person who has committed sexual abuse is permanently disqualified from holding the office of pastor. That's what the SBC says. So this individual who was accused of a fall found four SBC pastors to say he's fit as a fiddle. And Bart Barber came out and said, uh-uh, I don't have the right to defrock somebody and they don't have the right to install somebody or reinstate or whatever they call that process that isn't in the Bible. And Bart Barber is toeing the line. I think that's a positive. And we should take a look at that and say, Jimmy, have you seen one thing that this guy, he was thought to be a moderate. I haven't seen a story on Bart Barber that suggests he's anything but holding the line. Have I, you? I have not, no. Salute is what I say. Church news, this one's going to hurt a little bit. Two pastors, one from Arizona, one from Ohio, they're doing something called Pastor Story Hour. This is in response to Drag Queen Story Hour, which a whopping 60% of Americans think is a bad idea for children. 60%? Yikes! In other words, 40% think it's a good idea? These pastors don't, so they created Pastor Story Hour, and they asked this question. Why are drag queens seemingly more interested in influencing the children than pastors? Why are the lost more committed to the systematic and cultural evangelization of the public than American Christians are to evangelizing the gospel? So they're going into libraries. They call it pastoral story time. Kids show up and they read them, you know, the Bible and things that are godly and edifying. Don't know how they're doing it, but assuming they're doing it well, I say to these pastors, salute. I don't know, maybe an idea for your church? Until tomorrow, go serve your king.